Hey everyone, welcome. I'm going to set the tone for you and also ask you to buckle up for this episode because uh, it's a Mercury retrograde, but I have a lot to say, so it might come out a little bit squirrely. <laughs> uh, but I hope and intend to share and synthesize some of the material that I have been gaining from the great minds in our modern day astrology at the Norwak conference here in Seattle, Washington on the unceded land of the Duwamish people here in the state of Washington. I'm staying in a very small Airbnb about three quarters of a mile down the road from the conference center being held at a Doubletree Hilton hotel. And I just could not imagine myself staying in a hotel room um, for four days without like a kitchen, and you know being kind of stuck with uh whatever food that scraps that I can find and you know that that's yeah great I, I'm getting you know getting my steps in uh walking back and forth from the conference center um but I really feel like maybe I'm missing out on some part of the container not staying in the hotel um but that that being said it is you know Saturday night at 10 o'clock in Seattle and I am doing a podcast rather than hanging out around the bar at the hotel. Um, So I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing. Otherwise, I would not be doing this, right? And I think that's some of the challenges that have been coming up for me. You're going to hear about my own neuroses during this conference um, two-thirds of the way through. Yeah, my Airbnb is small. I'm looking around. It's just, it's like less than a studio apartment, um... It is in one of those buildings that I would like hate to be drunk or high in because everything looks the same. Um, I have a history of trying to get into the wrong rooms on the wrong floors at hotels. Uh, It's just, you know, creepy green, yellow halls, and, uh, you know, this the dish sponge smells a wee bit, um, that type of thing. But it's, it's serving its purpose. I'm here. I am present as much as I can be uh, for this just mentally like strobing event. There's just so much happening and trying to make so many decisions and trying to make decisions that are are good and that I'm going to the right lectures with the right people and I'm like getting a diversity and taking care of myself and like getting all the stuff in, right? And there's just, you know, they have the like keynote speakers, morning, uh, midday, and then in the evening. And then during, you know, the morning and afternoon, you have all these like breakout sessions where there's like five different speakers presenting different topics. And there's a whole range and you just, you just try to like make the best choice that you can or kind of go with the flow. Who's the favorite? Who is the, you know, who's the underdog? Who do I need to be seeing? Um, And I know that the conference will be available online, but the whole thing is that I don't like doing stuff online. That's why I'm here in human that I took a huge, long uh, financially investment journey (laughs) across the country to come to a place that I've always wanted to come to. Like my inner 13 year old is freaking out, you know, and yet I'm in this just like very, I don't know, vexed query questionable state of being after all this. (laughs) Is it the new moon in Gemini? Is it that Mercury retrograde is currently conjoined with my Taurus 
Chiron in the eighth house could be that could be the sun on my north node could be that I'm just in my luteal phase and kind of grumpy you know who knows right uh that will come back around so please uh stay tuned for weird cycles of the moon both in uh well in any human being actually um but I'm I just I really want to try to synthesize all the things that I've been hearing um from these great minds uh but first how about a new moon in gemini astrology report how's that sound so that's coming up at um i don't know depends on where you're at you know i i live in the central time zone currently i'm in pacific so we'll say central 6 30 a.m on monday morning may 30th so the call is coming from inside the house it's there, the ring, it's deep in the basement of your heart. And you learned to ignore it long ago. Maybe you left it off the hook too long. You forgot that it was there. The wildest and most joy brimming seasons of our lives are the ones when we let soul take charge. The moments in memory where we took leaps of faith gave full permission to ourselves to explore, imagine, speak our truth, live our lives, empty our pocketbook in the name of experience and relish the tale. That was a story for the archives, you think. And we have direct access to this wonder 100% of the time, yet the control mind the guardian self, the mental body that worries, divides, and compromises, robs us of this joy and surrender. That's enough now. I'll take it from here. The same soldier, that sounded like an old man, that keeps us safe, the same soldier that keeps us safe was the one who called in the chaos to begin with. The boredom, the monotony, the compulsion to control, the ho-hum, ho-hum that weighed your heart down six feet underground had to be resurrected. And that's precisely when we call upon our twin. We give it full license. Take the reins, please help me out of this darkness so the twin cracks atrophied knuckles and gets to work signs up for those classes that therapy session that running group that language app the twin books the flight quits the job and may maybe gets you to the next destination just steps away from where you were you may run that course for a ways called to follow the animal inside of you and the end of the line inevitably comes where you have to get off the train. The ticket's expired. And you're standing there on the platform wondering, oh, what's next? In uh, that fear, you decide to go back to comfortable, to mundane, and to the static of the before times. The things that were suffocating you before you let the twin back on the committee and then kick them off when you got cold feet. Let 
curiosity lead you? This isn't a time to worry about mistakes. This is a time to luxuriate an opportunity. Frolic through that mass field of flowers. Wander with nothing but horizon. So even writing this report was like a very Gemini experience for me because I kept going to Google words and I still couldn't find the damn word for that part of your mind that is editing you all the time. Um, it's in the book, uh, What My Bones Know, I think that's the name of it, by Stephanie Fu. It's, a, it's an incredible book. Um, anyone who has uh, been diagnosed with complex PTSD or knows someone with complex PTSD a thousand percent needs to read this book. It's uh, Stephanie Fu was a journalist. She was on This American Life and she sort of wrote about her experience very personally um, and very journalistically, right? Scientifically by doing research and kind of approaching experts and using herself as like a test method, right? And, and she used this word to, the scientific word to describe like the busy evil brain that is constantly like chewing on you and disturbing you. And especially if you have um, history of trauma and whatever capacity, I think that to be human is to be traumatized. But um, some of us just have more sensitive systems or engage with it differently. And, and there's just a lot of different faces to trauma. I am not yet a trauma expert, right? Um, but this uh, this word really captured something for me, and of course, like look at me, I'm on I'm on this like bunny trail to the side, right? That I couldn't find the word, and it was taking me away from the report, and so I just kept thinking about this image of the call from within us. You know, so I found myself falling down this well of Google searches, seeking the term that describes the busy voice in the front of our mind that edits us. And I fall into an article on something related of interest, you know, and Gemini season is for giving yourself permission to go down rabbit holes, to see where that road less traveled takes you, to explore a corridor you haven't walked down in a while. It's giving yourself permission to wonder, to find yourself finishing a book in one sitting, which I definitely did. I read the entirety of the Virgin Suicides by Jeffrey Eugenides on the plane trip here. Um, <laughs> so if you do finish a book in one setting, please remember, drink, potty breaks, maybe an apple with some peanut butter, right? Don't get it on the book. No one likes that. So then you watch that documentary on your list you weren't ready to mentally swallow yet. All right, this is a season of mental interaction, verbal ricochets, long stories with ramblings that circle back around. And this is a season to move and pick up new routines and then drop them or not. Try a new dish that may you might never try again. This is a season of travel, curiosity, exploration, and this can happen from the seat of your favorite chair, on foot, by wheels. Gemini is the season of the child. I'm pausing because we all 
know um, what horrors that we've seen in this last week. Um, it's been hard to, I don't know, it's, it's been hard to swallow this disgusting pill. And it's like, when are we going to get it? So maybe you find yourself this week reflecting on an old book, Googling an author whose name popped up from your consciousness. Maybe there's an itch you have to scratch. It's the lists you've made and abandon and write again, reprioritizing the 10,000 things you wish to juggle. Gemini season is for mental indulgence. So if you're joining me here today, thank you for indulging in my mind with my Gemini North node. You're going to get a tummy full. (laughs) Let curiosity lead you. Curiosity creates space. Curiosity creates space. The twins of Gemini are not the good and the bad. Maybe, maybe they're the soul and the personality. Two dancers finding a balance between the spiritual and the material worlds. One cannot exist without the other. This mercurial treatise of as above, so below, as within, so without, and the like dates back to the Emerald Tablet, Hermes Trismegistus, when alchemy was born. Mercury is this trans being that transcends, that goes beyond labels, is what fills us up with the hunger for life and all its levels. When you clip its wings, all is lost. And we do that to our young, as we had it done to ourselves. It's a morbid tradition, something we'd read in textbooks from other cultures and admonish. I'd never do that. I would never do that to my child. And yet the tradition lives on alive and it's a brutal masochism. We get to the point of moving, giving up and just believing what they told us that this is just how it's always been done. Resurrect your inner one, your soul riddle, the puzzler of life's mysteries. Take them out for a stroll Let them cough the dust from their lungs and breathe fresh again the spring air. The winds of change are shifting and making space for changes and leaps of great wonder. Will you answer that call? Will you answer that call from the basement of your heart? Welcome to the new moon in Gemini annual event, right? Gemini season cranked it up. It's an air element. It's mutable. Uh, The air signs are all humans, right? Um, Or human functions. I don't know how, because they're, you know, the other, the zodiac, the circle of animals, right? The circle of animals, but it includes humans, even the scales, which can't be used without a human hand, right? And we have all this air energy that's going to be coming in the next couple years. I mean, we had the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction in Aquarius back in 2020. We have Pluto moving into Aquarius 
2025. Uranus will be moving into Gemini in 2026 for seven years. Um, yeah, man, age of air. It's happening. Go back to my episode from the late 2020. Or was it 2021? Early 2021, the age of air. I'm not going to sing the dawning of the age of Aquarius, but if you've seen hair, you know what I'm talking about. So, Gemini, we have these twins in Greek mythology, Castor and Pollux, divided by time and space. One floon, flown, flooded, what's the word? Strewn to the universe. That word about flung, right? I love words. Very Gemini. Flung out to the sky and the other down to the earth below. And just this longing, this great longing to be together once again. Right? So we have mundane astrology. Uh, you know, very simply, it's the twins, right? And and then you have like the super mundane saying, ooh, the good and the bad twin. If you're a June baby, you're evil. I remember some movie, I don't know what it was called, Bong Water, something I probably rented in high school when I was 16 or 17. And that's what you did. You went to Blockbuster on the weekends, people. You remember Blockbuster? I think there's like one left in the whole country. They did a documentary on it, but it was a thing. It was like a lifestyle for real. I like that sip of tea there. I hope you're staying hydrated. It's the air season. Um, yeah, they. I remember that June baby, June baby. And it was like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was the actress from Orange is the New Black and from that 70s show, if I remember right. But anyhow, Geminis get a hard time. Uh, they're often associated with the salesman, the quick pitch, the silver tongue, the connector, the superficial, the above ground. Not too much depth there. Well, that's shitty. That's like a shitty thing to say about someone, right? And it's possible. Some people, vapid. But I believe that we all have potential. (laughs) We have the ability to grow, develop our consciousness, uh, do the soul evolutionary work, which is probably why you're listening to me. Otherwise, you'd be listening to that, you know, jackass talking about the the superficiality of a Gemini. (laughs) Love it. Welcome here, folks. Inspired Astrology, Lauren K. Hickman. (laughs) Coming to you live from Seattle. Talking to myself alone in an Airbnb on a Saturday night. So, Gemini. Duality. The mind, the ethers, the abstract, the mental abstract. Things beyond our perception. My partner Tree has been using this beautiful quote um, from a book on why we swim. And they say that blue is the color of where we are not. Think about that. Digest that. We only see blue from a distance. We only get the the tinge of air and the atmosphere from very far away. And even with water, right? What's reflecting what? Is the sky reflecting the water? Is the water reflecting the sky? I'm sure scientists know that answer. I'm just pondering existence. <laughs> So, um, blue is the color of where we are not. Wind, which cannot be perceived, which can be felt, but never grasped. 
right? It can move the sands. It can create tornadoes. It can push tsunami waves into the sky, right? Wind is powerful. Words are powerful. The fact that we have language as a human species, that I can influence, right, what you are feeling right now just through expressing and the tone of my voice. I could make you feel hope. I could make you feel doubt. And that's me quoting Wade Caves that was speaking tonight. And it was absolutely breathtaking. This linguist, horary astrologer, not something I'm into. I'm not really, I don't know how I feel about it yet. I think it's kind of cool. It's like an oracle sort of style of astrology. We'll see. We'll see where the road takes me on this astrological path of mine. But wind, words, breath, life, lungs, arms, hands, Gemini. The lungs actually are associated with cancer, FYI, but the arms and the hands, definitely Gemini. And then we have our outer ruler, Mercury. The inner ruler, esoteric ruler, is Venus. Ah, listen to that. Gemini's esoteric ruler is Venus. Connections, relationships, that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me, especially for some of my most Gemini friends. Kevin Thomas Griffin McCarthy, if you're listening, I see you. I see all your Gemini and I adore it. I love you. Gemini's quick Mercury, quick silver, the element that moves and shifts and distorts itself. And this is necessary. That is how our minds work. Perception. Gem in I, Gemini. Perspective is a key word for this season. And we can change everything if we change our perspective. Right? Creating meaning where there was none. Um how we took something based on our feelings at a certain moment. Oh, that person was so rude. Actually, like you're just, you're just having a day uh, and nothing was really happening. You took that personally, right? So there is an emotional component, the tinge that we have to our mental skies. And that's what disrupts the clarity. That's what creates the clouds, right? So you have these these twins, this dual energy, and that's the material and the spiritual and finding a, a clause. That's the word that comes to mind, a way to connect those two, two spaces. Is the body that place, right? That man is the connection between heaven and earth. some profound shit to think about. I mean, I know that in uh, Dharma arts, uh, you know, sacred geometry, there is this connection like that you have the heaven principle, the sky and the earth, the ground and man or flower or nature or tree. There's a lot of um, other vibes happening besides just the new moon in Gemini, which I, I, I did choose to focus on um, because there's just a lot. There's a lot happening. You know, we have Mercury, uh, you know, was an aspect to the sun and Kazemi last week. They caught up with one another, right? The, the sun 
uh, moved over Mercury. They conjoined in the first degree of Gemini and then Mercury retracted back into Taurus right now. So we're, you know, retrograde continues, my friends. And it looks like on the new moon, it's going to be pretty close to the north node. I'm not going to say that they're conjunct, conjunct, but that's a four degree orb. I'm going to give that some space there to think about. So, you know, north node in Taurus, which we've been at, you know, if you've been paying attention to the podcast or your own, you know, astrological studies, we have, you know, the eclipses that fell on the Taurus Scorpio axis of transformation you know, a Taurus being about at ease, finding simplicity, our connection with the earth, uh, topics of climate change, of labor, of food. Um, yeah, it's beautiful, right? So there might be just some consideration of some of these topics, especially how they relate to you personally, right? How are you taking care of your earth principle, of your body principle, of how you are caring and nurturing and slowing down, which leads me to a conversation that was had with um, Lynn Bell, who is a uh, American astrologist who's lived in France for forty years. So she's bilingual, quite brilliant. Um, and oh, actually, she spoke about chimeras. Yeah. That was a good topic. I'm not going to get into that one. It was pretty rich, pretty deep. Um, But it was about Jupiter in Pisces. And we had the Neptune-Jupiter conjunction in Pisces. Yeah, I'm going to follow this bunny trail. Watch me go. Um, Neptune and Jupiter in Pisces. And all of the um, circumstances around these types of connections between these two planets, right? And the last time that this happened um, in the 1850s, in the United States, we had um, some pretty big, like, uh, like Kansas's like slave rebellion. There was this big enslaved persons. I'm sorry that it was a, the language that she used, but enslaved persons being in rebellion, and it was about the state's rights. Um, so that happened the last time that this uh, this conjunction happened in Pisces. Um, there was other things like the Enlightenment period. There was, you know, lots of beautiful literature and romantic literature being written and William Blake's work. And, oh, it was just a gorgeous time for creativity and arts, but also like very disruptive and yucky. Um, and that was kind of the, the big topic, the big themes that she was bringing up about these Jupiter-Neptune conjunctions, which happen every um, 13 years, 12 or 13 years, because that Jupiter cycle makes its way around about one sign a year, approximately. So it works in a 12 to 13 year cycle. Right. And so these connections, you know, so then you have Neptune, you know, depending on retrogrades and stuff, that's why it's a, a variable there. So these these cycles always usher in big shifts and change in perspective right and we can we can go very far back with this with um women's rights we can go to the hippie movement uh when jupiter and neptune conjoined in sagittarius during the early 70s and it was like hey let's like move very far away and do drugs man and then globalization in the early 1980s and uh, 
you know, 97, uh, we had, she, she brought up Harry Potter and the whole like magical generation. Um, then we had the stock market crash. Like there was a lot of crap, uh, around, you know, 97. I'm not going to get into that, but it was more interesting, like the social networks, right. That came around, uh, 2009 ish. We had like the, you know, great recession definitely impacted my universe. I don't know about you in 2008, 2009, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember I, like Iowa was flooded. That was the last time and that was, uh, that was a lot, right? But we did have social media starting to connect us together and here we have it dividing us into groups and categories, right? Um, so we're kind of getting that like lash back, but it's, um, the floods, man, Pisces, chaos, everything births from chaos. And if, if Pisces is sort of that culmination point, if we're looking at traditional, you know, maps of astrology, that Pisces is sort of that emptying out point before the rebirth happens, right? It's sort of, again, the chaos realm, there's like the unknown, the unsubstantial, the vapors and glamour and things that we cannot grasp. So it's getting expanded, right? The uh, delusions are expanded. (laughs) The chaos is expanded. And there's sort of this folding over of the world that is dying, what's behind us, and then this new one being born. And it's uncomfortable. And that was something I was contemplating on the on the walk back here. Um, How uncomfortable change is. It's hard to sit with it sometimes. I don't know what it is about us humans. It's like we we understand impermanence as a theory. But in our bodies, we just, we don't metabolize it the same way. I'm sure that there are some people who are super comfortable with change. Um, But there is something about the way that we collectively grasp youth and consistency and structure uh i mean it's it's all gonna fall apart right like and we're you know we're mortality is a promise being in a body is a promise that old age sickness and death will come upon us all and we i think our culture super sucks at dealing with it i think that we suck at dealing with death and loss and change, and grief, and all of that stuff. We're just not not good at it, right? And then we really admire people who do deal with all of those things with grace, right? Because we're just, it's like we're incapable. We're not like trained, right? That we just bury someone and they're gone. And I think grief and sorrow and processing is all a big part of the Pisces energy, and it's, you know, time to rest. <laughs> we all have our place and our peace, you know, and, and I, I'm sure that you've heard me talk about this. It's really important that we all do our part, right, to, to hold our ground, to offer sanity where we may, uh, to stabilize how we can in a world that feels very rocky and very um, hard to predict, 
it's untenable, you know, just structures falling around us. And what's, what's to come? What are we building? Those bigger questions. And I don't know, I, there was a talk that really struck me on cycles. Um, cycles and co- the word convalescence, uh, which means to like rest and to be at ease. And I think, you know, what, what was conveyed by Kira Sutherland, who's a medical astrologer who lives in Australia, um, she, she was conveying how we've like lost the art of that, that, you know, in the past, if someone was ill, you know, they, especially for, you know, a great illness, they were given time to, you know, repose, to go to the seashore, to drink clean water and eat good foods and just lay about and rest. Um, because, you know, in naturopathy that, uh, naturopathy, nat- naturopathy, I don't know how to say it tonight, naturopathic medicine, which is something that I, like, I adhere to the principles of, you know, if you have one week of illness, you need three weeks of rest, right? And that doesn't mean don't go to work, right? I mean, it just means, like, chill, take it slow. Um, and I think that there's a lot of power in that. And, and Kira was notice, noting, um, you know, we have this this Jupiter and Pisces that we've had for um, different cycles, right? You know, May, uh, May to October of last year, and then you know, pulsing back in. I can I can get those dates written up for you if you want. I have them in my phone, but uh, Jupiter's kind of been bouncing back and forth between Pisces and Aries, and it's gonna be in Pisces for a minute, or it's in Aries now, and then it's gonna go back into Pisces and then back into Aries, and. You know, Jupiter and Pisces, it can be super indulgent because Pisces is all about escapism. Jupiter is like, let's indulge, let's eat. And we've all been in a state of fucking panic, just staying at home and trying to stay away from people. And everyone's getting fucking COVID. Like, you know, parents who've been so careful, so goddamn careful. What are we on? third you know year three we're like moved into like how long have we been in this right and so there's just all this like let's stay inside let's not move let's be sluggish let's eat sweets let's you know do your thing you can drink you can smoke you know just depends on what your leisures are right and uh you know I'll tell you my vices I like to watch glow and shows that I have seen before and mindlessly have them on in the background while I do puzzles or paint my nails or something stupid, right? Um, or clean the house, which is my Virgo 12th house way of dealing with uh, grief. So <clears throat> anyway, revealing myself there. Um, also drinking too many hot drinks like matcha, making matcha at home or drinking coffee and oat milk. Lots and lots of oat milk, oatly oat milk specifically, which I detest that it has so much sugar and flaxseed oil in it, yet I drink it because I am a hypocrite (laughs) and I like the way that it tastes. And I, yeah, I'm, yep, touche, touche, Lauren, trying to live your truth, but also drink your drink, right? So that's, that's my vice. And you might, you know, be honest with yourself about what you've been doing. Um, I barely exercise for most of 2021 outside of just walking and doing yoga at home. 
Um, and so Jupiter went into Aries and I did not notice this until I found the correlation today, but like I started a workout routine, uh, yay, telling on myself. So then I can check in with you next time and see if I still have a 13 day streak going on active. <laughs> um, but I'm just trying to do more strength training, uh, for my neck, for my back. Uh, I am a woman in my late thirties. Uh, in a female body that osteoporosis and bone things and all that stuff. So, um, you know, just take care of your, your vehicle. You know, I don't really like being in a vehicle, so I have to try that much harder to be in my body. And I am very envious of anyone who's like, yay, I'm in my body. I love it. Pleasure place. Right. Cause that's not like, that's not been my experience. And, um, maybe I'll share with you about one of my workshops, where that trauma came to surface. And my therapist, I have another therapist. Uh, she's also a toddler, but I think it might work out. I'm going to keep trying, but I don't know. I kind of need like a, like a grown up. Anyhow, um, we'll see how this goes. I needed support anyhow, but you know, she just, she thought it was hysterical that I'm just like, what is this like body bag? I'm in the skin suit. And, uh, that's my Chiron and Taurus talking. <laughs> How do I be in a body? What am I doing in this um, vehicle of consciousness with all of its problems and pain and suffering and discomfort and illness and spots and sags and skin tags and, and things, right? But that's how we learn. That's how we learn. Venus in the sixth house in Pisces, learning to love myself and all my water squishiness because we're mostly made of water. So drink up, hydrate. What was I talking about? (laughs) So the fluctuation between Jupiter and Pisces, indulgence, and Jupiter and Aries, action, detox, activity, making the moves. Don't think about it. Do the thing. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, you are worthless to everyone around you, right? And self-care is not face masks and bathtubs all the time. Sometimes it's like getting your shit together, eating right, getting outside, breathing that air, getting breaking routines, breaking activities and habits, habitual patterns, as they say, that have become um, toxic to your health, right? So Jupiter and Aries gives us that oomph, 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 oomph. And tonight, while I'm recording this, Mars and Jupiter are exactly conjunct. Um, I thought that maybe that would give me some extra oomph to go out and socialize, but turns out I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> I really, really hate admitting this out loud, but I just need to say it. I am, I am not with my people at this conference. It's really great to be around um, folks who speak the same, same language. Uh, we are all masked indoors, and maybe that's part of the like feeling a bit alienated, I generally feel alienated everywhere I go, if I'm being honest. Um, there you go. But uh, yeah, the the speakers, none of them are talking about esoteric astrology and none have been talking about evolutionary astrology, which very much surprised me because I'm in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I'm aware that there are quite a few Stephen Forrest uh, and Jeffrey Wolfgreen uh, students there, um, but I am not hearing all the words. There was this really cool chick, Jen Zart, and I, I'm going to go tra- track her down again because I, I was digging her uh, Venus and Mars cycles. Another interesting thing, 
not going to talk about it today because this podcast will be an hour and a half long. Uh, but, um, yeah, everyone's doing Hellenistic astrology, man. And I know some of you guys talk about that, the day and night charts, set, sect, sect. And then you have only planets up to Saturn. You have traditional rulership. You have whole sign houses, which just fucking burst my, like just burst an embolism in my brain because Placidus is what I've always used. Um, Placidius. I'm pretty sure it's Placidus. Uh, now, now I have to look this up. Thank you, Gemini season for making me crazy. (laughs) Uh, anyway, so, you know, I got to sit with Demetra George. It is Placidus, by the way. Um, (laughs) I got to sit with Demetra George for lunch today. Fucking blow my mind. Kelly Surtees. Like I, you know, like I saw her and I like had a little like, rock star you know moment because I like I love listening to these astrologers they help make me better at what I do um and this this week I I feel like a novice compared to these brilliant geniuses that are up on stage I mean Wade Caves four years younger than me smartest dude ever I'm just like blown away by the brilliance of this Aquarius fellow just ugh, like but we're all different, right? Like I'm doing exactly me. I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. So I need to quit picking on myself for not like being a, you know, goddamn scholar. It's not what I was built to do. Um, built to be distracted by relationships. That's what I'm built to do. Um, uh, so Hellenistic astrology is this, it's sort of like this unco- uh, uncovering of the ancient uh, Greek texts, um, you know, how astrology was done, ancient astrology. And actually, Demetra George wrote two volumes. They're fucking massive, these books. Seeing them in person, I was like, oh, that is intimidating. Even if she gets, even if she signs this for me, I don't know if I would ever slog through this thing. But like sitting with her at lunch, I was like, oh, she made a huge, like huge effort to create this book. I probably should try to read it. Um, ancient astrology is, it's, it's having a, it's having its moment. Hellenistic astrology is having its moment and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, algorithms of the house rulership, uh, you know, where things fit here, the traditional use of the, the houses. There's no esoteric kind of, everything's about the, the mundane in the here and now. And I want to acknowledge that, um, what has kind of taken me off of my metaphysical obsessive path of studying all of these mental abstracts and these very like inner inner teachings and stuff about like afterlife and like the 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 planes of existence the monastic the or monadic plane and buddhic plane and atmic plane and all of this kind of shit angelic realm all the realms the divas it's like i can only deal with what is in front of me and that is the most important thing is just being exactly where the fuck you are and if i'm if i'm sitting there worrying about all of this like that's another thing. Like with my Mercury Aries, I am constantly 20 years ahead of where I'm supposed to be. Like making, making choices can be paralyzing for me. 
I was in the Las Vegas airport and I was like, cool, I have like a five hour layover. I should just, you know, leave and go to Meow Wolf because I'm in Vegas and that would be cool. And it was like, well, it's going to be $50 to get in. What if there's not tickets? A taxi cab? What if I get back to late? I missed my flight to pay? You know, it was just like all this shit. And I finally was like, fuck it. Like I was, I was basically pacing in the Las Vegas terminal between casino machines. Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I don't trust anything right now. I don't trust myself right now. And like I went to Meow Wolf. I had, you know, I did a thing. It was a calculated risk. It was an expensive calculated risk. Um, but I did a thing, you know, I made a choice, took the action, buy the ticket, take the ride. And sometimes that's what we have to do, especially in Gemini season. That's like what we get to learn from is that sometimes you just like fucking do it. Just do the thing, try it. Right. And like Mercury and Nike and all that. Anyhow, I digress. Once again, the winged shoe, that's what I'm thinking of is this, this winged shoe, this idea of just taking the step, you know, and with, with Jupiter and Neptune, that whole Pisces energy that we've been vibing with, like it's been a very Piscean year and the, just those leaps of faith and Jupiter moving into Aries with Mars right there. It's like, just do the thing, do the fucking thing. Don't think about it. Just do it. And that's what I have to do with the stupid exercising. Cause I hate core. I hate doing jumping jacks and my foot hurts and my bunion oh my god I'm getting old and I hate it but that's part of the thing you know (laughs) it's like do the thing um I feel like I'm repeating myself here but yeah so Norwalk being surrounded by these brilliant teachers and learning how to digest the eighth house and the twelfth house um it's all very like here and now right money and resources and death and work and play in the body like it's there's no sort of nuance to it right whereas in esoteric astrology it's like oh you know the ascendant and the soul the first house is like consciousness the second house is like what your resources are not just about the body but we're moving into these higher realms and it's like man this mundane stuff really does make a lot of sense to me but we have to think about like what we're developing into and what the the desire of the soul is, which is why evolutionary astrology really appeals to me, you know, and what karma that we're bringing with us and what traps and what, you know, what challenges that we have. So I'm, uh, I'm learning a lot. I don't know how it's going to apply. Uh, I like to use the inner rulers of, uh, you know, of our makeup, especially with people that it just feels you know, important to do with the intuitive readings. Um, yeah, and I took a, it took like a, oh, so much to share with you people. Like, I just feel like I'm journaling right now, but I did a, I did a workshop with Jason Hawley, who is so brilliant, is some, you know, Greek, uh, Greek mythology scholar, and he's a psychologist, I'm pretty sure, and an astrologer also in the Hellenistic tradition. So everyone was like exalted and detriment. And I'm like, the signs are never, you know, like the planets and signs are never a bad thing. They just have different expressions. Any hoot, any hoot. um, I'm not going to get into that. But I did take a class on, uh, you know, diversifying your astrology business. 
And I just want to like take a moment to thank every single one of you that are listening right now and who give a shit about my work and who take this stuff home with you and synthesize it and chew on it and, and try to try to do something with my brain droppings. I think George Carlin nailed that term, but, um, you know, I, I do not have like a massive following, right? I, I don't. And it's, you know why? It's because I don't fucking want to. (laughs) It's scary. I do not want so many people up in my DMs and up in my ass and like taking up all my time on social media. And it's probably why I like kind of rein it in that I don't put pictures of my face up a lot or my boobs or like my nudie photos. You know, it's just like, God, I don't want to have affiliate marketing I would love, 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 love to have a sponsor. Like, I wouldn't even mind, like, having a candle burning in the background of, like, a video of me and, like, having an affiliate link to that if it was some badass, like, candle company that was just trying to promote me. But I'm, I'm, like, super challenged at the monetary aspect of trying to, like, monetize wisdom. Because I, like, I'm sharing my whole self right and i'm i'm having a really hard time extracting myself from my business and i think that i'm in this like very awkward growing stage this idea that ursaday which is a very aquarius chart like ursaday is february 2nd 2022 is when i signed the llc and it's an aquarius sun with a gemini rising a moon in pisces everything in the upper quadrant in the like out here in the public uh sun and saturn conjunct in aquarius in the ninth house conjunct the mc the midheaven like this is ursidae wants to be a teacher and that's like all ursidae wants to do it's like fuck it we're teaching wisdom and that's what we're gonna do and i'm like i don't know what that looks like it's like well mars and scorpio in the sixth house and i'm like of course fucking Ursidae is a Mars and Scorpio, just like me. Oh my God. <laughs> so it's like, I have to figure out what that looks like, how I'm going to attack this energy. Um, I am, I am doing some serious synthesis with myself and I was not expecting this conference to conference to sort of rip, rip me apart. And day one, hour one, I was vulnerable with a group of strangers in a circle with masks on, like bawling in front of strangers after doing some embodied work with Jason Hawley. And it was all about Venus and Mars stuff and about touching into desire and touching into connection and these subconscious parts of ourselves and what we want. And all we can be is ourselves. And for me to be a teacher and for me to be your teacher or your guide, or your intuitive mentor, I constantly have to peel back the layers of my shit. And I was not expecting this very old wound to be ripped open and have to deal with it again, right? And that is healing, right? Especially during a Taurus Scorpio nodal year, right? Is that we have to do our composting work We have to dig down deep. We have to get to the bottom of things so we can heal them so we can move on and that these things do not weigh us down, but they are the garden for our new flowers and our consciousness. And it's like good, squishy, wonderful, composty dirt with lots of worms in it. Like that's what we're looking for. Not the stinky midden pile of like abandoned garbage, right? Um, Also, that reminds me, 
Abandoned Banana. That's my new band name because I keep finding abandoned bananas as I'm walking down the street, Strander Avenue here in Tequila. So anyhow, um, compost heap, doing the work, doing the thing. I think I'm going to wrap it up here because we are close to an hour and I want to let you get back to what you're doing. Unless that you're doing what you're doing while you're listening to me and you can just rewind if you miss something and come back to it. I'm going to sign off. This is Lauren K. Hickman, your humble servant, your astrology friend, sort of. I'm more of an intuitive. I'm more of more interested in this stuff. Um, I'm going to go back to grad school in a couple months. I'm going to become a social worker in a few years, a clinical social worker. I'm going to learn about macro systems. I'm going to figure out what the DSM is and how to like work with people who have substance disorders like myself, 12 years sober this year, right? I am constantly working on my shit and I never give myself enough credit. And I just wanted, just wanted to say that out loud that I'm, I'm really working towards something and I don't know what exactly it is. But I hope it helps someone out there. And I hope that that you receive something from this conversation this evening with myself conversation. Your ears, my mouth, very Gemini. <laughs> I hope that you receive something that will, will nourish you, that will feed you during the season. And that you just let yourself be curious and wander and be inspired and just chase that rabbit hole. Watch those cartoons, play your video games, whatever fucking makes you happy and feels feels playful without being like so attachy and like addictive right (laughs) like just play just play this is like supposed to be sort of a light bouncing around kind of season but we're in some dark fucking times the world is collapsing so that we can rebuild a new one and we have to live in that compost heap we have to live in the shit of the former era before we get to plant our fields um so be the change you want to see in the world Our avatar Gandhi said. Avatar is about bringing soul to earth. It's not an emoji with your face on it, right? You can find me at Lauren K. Hickman on Instagram. Uh, Sign up for the Moon Mailer, uh, which will have a written version of this podcast. And you can do that at Ursidae, U-R-S-I-D-A-E dot U-S. Otherwise, type in my name, Lauren K. Hickman. I still have that web browser. Also, Energy Interpreter, because I am having a identity crisis. And I think that's just part of the Aries journey is that I never know who the fuck I am. I'm just reinventing the wheel on a day-to-day basis, hopefully building into something more precious with my Jupiter and Capricorn. Um, Yeah, book a reading. I'm doing mentoring sessions. I will be less and less available the longer this year goes on. So if you want to get in with me to do some insight work, if you are falling apart, if life is crazy and sad and you need a little hope, please do call me. That is what I do best is just hold space, let you answer or let you ask some questions. We consult your chart. We do some intuitive stuff. We do some meditation stuff. Like that's kind of like what I do, right? I'm available for readings in Milwaukee. Um, uh, I'm happy to travel to Madison. Hook me up with a space to do my thing. I'm all yours. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Next time I'm coming back to Des Moines. I canceled my trip last week. Um, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't, I could not drive the six hours there and back. Um, so I'm sorry, uh, if you're listening and, uh, that cancellation happened, I had to do some self-care. Um, 
And that's just knowing what your boundaries are. And I have a really, really hard time disappointing people. So thank you for being understanding and so gracious and letting me learn about myself while learning with you. I wish you so much peace and so much wellness in this very, very strange time that we're existing in. I mean, this is an exciting time to be alive. Interesting times. Uh, may you live in interesting times while we're in it. Um, so stay present, stay with yourself, drink water, <laughs> try to sleep, do the things, right? Reach out. I'm Lauren K. Hickman. This is Inspired Astrology, and I hope that you stay inspired every day on your path.